Welcome everyone to Understanding the I Am That Is You podcast. Hey everybody, it's your girl Wynn Ruffin, and I pray all is well with everyone, and your hearts and minds are full of love, joy, and compassion for all God's children and all God's creation. And I know it may be a struggle to show love to those that are hateful to others or seemingly unlovable, and with all the discord, violence, and injustice in the world today, Indeed, it can be. But let us pray on it and be loved anyway, even if from a distance, by staying focused on the presence of love within us, our mighty I Am Presence, be it personal, social, or business, until the vibration of love and those higher qualities permeates the collective consciousness and positively transform mankind's present cycle of darkness into the light that never fails us. Amen. Give thanks and praises for love and light. And y'all be loved. Each one loves truth because truth is the mouth of the Father. His tongue is the Holy Spirit. Whoever touches truth touches the mouth of the Father by his tongue at the time when one will receive the Holy Spirit. This is the manifestation of the Father in his revelation to his eternal beings. He revealed what is hidden in him and explained it. For who is it who exists if it is not the Father himself? All the spaces are his emanations. They knew that they stemmed from him as children from a perfect man. They knew that they had not yet received form, nor had they yet received a name, every one of which the Father produces. If they at that time receive the form of His knowledge, though they are truly in Him, they do not know Him. But the Father is perfect. He knows every space that is within Him. If He pleases, He reveals anyone whom He desires by giving Him a form and by giving Him a name, and He does give a name and cause to come into being. Those who do not yet exist are ignorant of Him who created them. I do not say, then, that those who do not yet exist are nothing. But they are in him who will desire that they exist when he pleases, like an event that is going to happen. On the one hand, he knows, before anything is revealed, what he will produce. On the other hand, the fruit that has not yet been revealed does not know anything nor is anything either. Thus, each space that, on its part, is in the Father comes from the existent one, who, on his part, has established it from the non-existent. For whoever has no root has no fruit, but although thinking, I have come into being, that one will perish. For this reason, whoever does not exist at all will never exist. What, then, is that which he wants such a one to think? I am like the shadows and phantoms of the night. When morning comes, this one knows that the fear that had been experienced was nothing. Thus, they were ignorant of the Father, he is the one whom they did not see. Since there had been fear and confusion and a lack of confidence and double-mindedness and division, there were many illusions that were conceived by them, as well as empty ignorance, as if they were fast asleep and found themselves a prey to troubled dreams. 
Either they are fleeing somewhere, or they lack strength to escape when pursued. They are involved in inflicting blows, or they themselves receive bruises. They are falling from high places, or they fly through the air with no wings at all. Other times, it is as if certain people were trying to kill them, even though there is no one pursuing them, or they themselves are killing those beside them, and they are stained by their blood. Until the moment when they who are passing through all these things, I mean they who have experienced all these confusions, awaken, they see nothing because the dreams were nothing. It is thus that they who cast ignorance from them like sleep do not consider it to be anything, nor regard its properties to be something real, but they renounce them like a dream in the night and they consider the knowledge of the Father to be the dawn. It is thus that each one has acted, as if asleep, during the time of ignorance, and thus a person comes to understand, as if awakening. And happy is the one who comes to himself and awakens. Indeed, blessings on one who has opened the eyes of the blind. The spirit came to this person in haste when the person was awakened. Having given its hand to the one lying prone on the ground, it placed him firmly on his feet, for he had not yet stood up. This gave them the means of knowing the knowledge of the father and the revelation of his son. For when they saw it and listened to it, he permitted them to take a taste of and to smell and to grasp the beloved son. The son appeared, informing them of the father, the illuminable one. He inspired them with that which is in the mind, while doing his will. Many received the light and turned toward him. But material people were alien to him and did not discern his appearance nor recognize him. For he came in the likeness of flesh, and nothing blocked his way because what is incorruptible is irresistible. Moreover, while saying new things, speaking about what is in the heart of the Father, he proclaimed the faultless word. Light spoke through his mouth, and his voice brought forth life. He gave them thought and understanding and mercy and salvation, and the spirit of strength derived from the infinity and sweetness of the Father. He caused punishments and scourgings to cease, for it was they that caused many in need of mercy to stray from him in error and in chains, and he mightily destroyed them and righted them with knowledge. He became a path for those who went astray and knowledge for those who were ignorant, a discovery for those who sought, and a support for those who tremble, a purity for those who were defiled. He is the shepherd who left behind the ninety-nine sheep that had not strayed and went in search of that one which was lost. He rejoiced when he had found it. For ninety-nine is a number expressed with the left hand. The moment he finds the one, however, the whole number is transferred to the right hand. Thus, it is with him who lacks the one, that is, the entire right hand, which attracts that in which it is deficient, seizes it from the left side and transfers it to the right. In this way, then, the number becomes one hundred. This is the symbol of the sound of the numbers. It is the Father. He labored even on the Sabbath for the sheep that he found fallen into the pit. He saved the life of that sheep, bringing it up from the pit that you may understand fully what that Sabbath is, you who are the children of the understanding of the heart. It is a day in which it is not fitting that salvation be idle, so that you may speak of that heavenly day that has no night, and of the sun that does not set because it is perfect. Say then in your heart that you are this perfect day, and that in you, lives the light that does not fail. The Gospel of Truth Isis Unveiled, Volume 2, Chapter 6 We now see that four mysteries of the Buddhist doctrine have been as little understood and appreciated as the wisdom hinted at by Paul and spoken among them that are perfect, initiated, 
the mystery wisdom which none of the archons of this world knew. The fourth degree to the Buddhist dhyana, the fruit of samadhi, which leads to the utmost perfection, to vikandam, a term correctly rendered by Bernouf in the verb perfected, is wholly misunderstood by others, as well as in himself. Defining the condition of dhyana, Saint Hilaire argues thus. Finally, having attained the fourth degree, the ascetic possesses no more than this feeling of beatitude, however obscure it may be, he has also lost all memory, he has reached impassibility, as near a neighbor of nirvana as can be, however, this absolute impassibility does not hinder the ascetic from acquiring, at this very moment, omniscience, and the magical power, a flagrant contradiction, about which the Buddhists no more disturb themselves than about so many others. And why should they, when these contradictions are, in fact, no contradiction at all? It ill behooves us to speak of contradictions in other people's religion, when those of our own have bred, besides the three great conflicting bodies of Romanism, Protestantism, and the Eastern Church, a thousand and one most curious smaller sects. However it may be, we have here a term applied to one and the same thing by the Buddhist holy medicants and Paul, the Apostle. When the latter says, if so be that I might attain the resurrection from among the dead, nirvana, not as though I had already attained, or were already perfect, initiated, he uses an expression common among the initiated Buddhists. When a Buddhist ascetic has reached the fourth degree, he is considered a rahat. He produces every kind of phenomena by the sole power of his freed spirit. A rahat, say the Buddhists, is one who has acquired the power of flying in the air, becoming invisible, commanding the elements, and working all manner of wonders, commonly, and as erroneously, called mapo, miracles. He is a perfect man, a demigod. A god he will become when he reaches nirvana, for, like the initiates of both testaments, the worshippers of Buddha know that they are gods. Genuine Buddhism, overleaping the barrier between finite and infinite mind, urges its followers to aspire, by their own efforts, to that divine perfectibility of which it teaches that man is capable, and by attaining which, man becomes a god, says Brian Hodgson. H. P. Blavatsky Dreary and sad were the ways, and blood covered the tortuous paths by which the world of the Christians was driven to embrace the irony and Eusebian Christianity. And yet, unless we accept the views of the ancient pagans, what claim has our generation to having solved any of the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven? What more does the most pious and learned of Christians know of the future destiny and progress of our immortal spirits than the heathen philosopher of old, or the modern pagan beyond the Himalaya? Can he even boast that he knows as much, although he works in the full blaze of divine revelation? We have seen a Buddhist holding to the religion of his fathers, both in theory and practice, and however blind may be his faith, however absurd his notions on some particular doctrinal points, later in graftings of an ambitious clergy, yet in practical works his Buddhism is far more Christ-like, indeed in spirit, than the average life of our Christian priests and ministers. The fact alone that his religion commands him to honor his own faith, but never slander that of other people, is sufficient. It places the Buddhist Lama immeasurably higher than any priest or clergyman who deems it his sacred duty to curse the heathen to his face and sentence him and his religion to eternal damnation. Christianity becomes every day more a religion of pure emotionalism. The doctrine of Buddha is entirely based on practical works. A general love of all beings, human and animal, is its nucleus. A man who knows that unless he toils for himself he has to starve, and understands that he has no scapegoat to carry the burden of his iniquities for him, 
is 10 times as likely to become a better man than one who is taught that murder, theft and profligacy can be washed in one instant as white as snow, if he but believes in a God who, to borrow an expression of Volney, once took food upon earth, and is now himself the food of his people. H.P. Blavatsky The I Am Discourses, Volume 17 As we enter in, dear hearts, to this more intense understanding and action of the great divine fire of the universe, you will soon find, in the manifestations which it draws into outer conditions, that you have come home into the powerhouse of the universe. I remind you again tonight of the great promise of life all through the ages, life, the mighty I am presence, has said to mankind, call unto me, and I will answer thee. In regard to that, I say unto you, call unto me for my luminous presence, my firepower of cosmic Christ victory which I have now become, to manifest in and around you, and into your conditions in the physical world, to fulfill the great divine plan and do the will of God. Just as surely as you call to me will I answer you. If you want to see me face to face, say so, and I will show you myself, face to face. Applause. Thank you precious ones. Won't you be seated, please and if you will just remain so, for the rest of the evening. This is why I have said long ago, I am with you always, because I intended to stay, because of my vow to life, until the rest of mankind responded to me. And now, as the cosmic Christ and the master of the fire element, I still say, I am with you always. Therefore, when you hold the picture in your mind of the luminous presence of myself and you call for me to be with you, I am there, and I will stay there until the firepower of my life has raised you into my perfection. I promise this to life, and if you will help me fulfill that promise in outer physical manifestation, you will find me very real and very tangible, and an ever-present help in time of trouble. Call unto me, and I will answer thee. Forget not to use my luminous presence in blazing white fire, knowing it is my firepower of the cosmic Christ victory which I am now become, and which must be drawn into the physical world in order to consume the impurity, and raise mankind into the perfection which I manifested for the freedom of life. When we love life, then we are ever mindful of our service and duty and opportunity to bless that life with eternal perfection, and the happiness that ever goes on expanding throughout creation. And the life which we bless and raise to greater perfection forever comes back to bless us. If you will help me fulfill my promise to life, I can but bless you. I have nothing to give you but perfection and love. You cannot receive from me anything but the firepower of love's perfection. Call unto me and that is what you shall receive. Therefore, when you call my victory into this world, or the firepower of my victory into the physical conditions of this world, you are helping me to raise all on this earth into the victory and the perfection of the love, which I am. Beloved Master Jesus the Christ If it be difficult, sometimes, to pour forth the cosmic Christ love to conditions that need purifying and perfecting, if you will hold my luminous presence in those conditions in blazing white fire, that being the victory of my cosmic Christ love which I am now, that fire can go into the conditions and consume that which is not love. And after you have held the conditions in the luminous presence of myself in blazing white fire, you will not find it difficult to pour the cosmic Christ love that protects and sustains the perfection that has been brought forth by your recognition of me. When it is difficult for you to love the world, use my luminous presence in white fire, 
for it is not difficult for me. I long ago became the cosmic Christ love into which nothing else can enter. Therefore, when I come in that luminous presence and pour my firepower there, of purity and perfection of eternal love, it is not difficult, precious ones. It seems so for you because you are still in the vibratory action of the octave in which the discord manifests. But I no longer manifest any connection with discord. The very intensity of the firepower of my love consumes the discord and raises the energy and substance into the perfection of my love. Therefore, if it is difficult for you to pour cosmic Christ love into this world, at least you can hold the picture of my luminous presence and give the call for the firepower of my victorious love to come into persons, places, conditions, and things, and let the fire of my love produce the blessing in this world which love alone can give, and which love must be called forth into this world of hatred and destruction are to be removed. So when you cannot seem to feel the cosmic Christ love necessary to perfect certain conditions in this world, you certainly can call forth my luminous presence, and acknowledge my firepower of that victorious love, and demand its victory into the conditions, and let my love and its cosmic fire do in the world what needs to be done. And after the condition is changed, it will not be difficult for you to pour cosmic Christ love into the condition, that it may be protected against further discord. Therefore, in your use of my luminous presence, I will love the world for you until you too, become the Christ and pour forth the firepower of cosmic love that is the great transmuting activity throughout the world. This is the flame of the transfiguration. And the flame of the resurrection and the flame of the ascension are all the firepower of my love. Therefore, whichever one you call forth in or around yourselves, you will find my love at work, raising, transmuting, purifying, and perfecting that which has been enfolded in my luminous presence, until the fullness of eternal perfection manifests to take its place in the universe, and forever expand its happiness through all life. Beloved Master Jesus the Christ,